SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Listening to Scott Wetzel will give you a bad taste in your mouth. You call these bagels? It's Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Hour number two of Bagels and Bad Beats on this Wednesday morning with yours truly, Scott Wetzel. Take it right up until 7 a.m. Eastern Time, 844-843-6879. Again, toll-free, 844-843-6879. Two NBA games, both now at three games to two. Denver knocking off Utah, staying alive. And the Clippers beat up Dallas last night. No reason to stay up late if you try to, as they win by 30-plus going away. And they take a 3-2 series lead there. NHL, you got the both series now even at a piece that played last night as Tampa Bay beats Boston in overtime, 4-3. And uh, it was Vancouver all over Vegas, 5-2. Again, no series, <clears throat> excuse me, tied at a game apiece. You got three NBA games. You got a couple of closeout games. You got the OKC-Houston game, 5 tied at 2. You get the Lakers without uh, having to face Damian Lillard tonight. Figure to beat the uh, the Portland Trailblazers, although, again, I would not be laying the 14, I'll tell you that. And Milwaukee, I'm guessing, will blow out Orlando. But th- that Magic team has been a little feisty. They've been on the cusp of covering the spread. You've been real fortunate if you bet the Bucks over the last couple of games because it's been right basically down to the final possession, and they've been able to cover. So I don't know if I necessarily laid 14 on that one either. I'll tell you, here's another great example of how you just can't beat the boys in Vegas. And I say this all the time when Kevin and uh, Kevin Walsh and I host in-game live, and I've told you guys as well, when it comes to betting baseball, I generally do not bet pitchers, which I know is uh, outside the norm. And you're probably thinking, well, that is as dumb as dumb can be, Scott. How are you betting a baseball game without considering who's pitching? Well, because more times than not, you could be right about your thinking and still be wrong about the play. And last night, there's no greater example. I, I did. I fell in a trap. And I bet against the St. Louis, or bet against the Kansas City Royals because Matt Harvey was pitching. And he has been nothing short of abysmal. Uh, and has been for the last couple of years. But he's pitching for Kansas City, and I said, I love St. Louis in that spot, and I played the over five-and-a-half run St. Louis as well. There's just no way he's not going to get blasted again. And lo and behold, Matt Harvey gives up four runs in the bottom of the third. He's knocked out of the game. St. Louis is going to win. They're going to score seven, eight runs. Greatest bet in history of mankind. And what happens? Kansas City's bullpen comes in, slams the door, and the Royals end up winning at 5-4. to four. You're right in your thinking. You're wrong in your play. It's a simple. Don't bet baseball pitchers. Throw them out. Bet the teams. It's amazing how often that occurs. More coming up. Thanks for the bad I went to more with Scott Wetzel. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Now, back to Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Drop back further, 
It is Corrale to play it for the Bruins, and he's able to get it along, but not out again. Back deep, it's Gord. Stymied there by Krug. Puck taken to the outside by Pallant. Pallant is shot, and it went off the glove of Pallant. Wrap around the tip by Maroon. Rebound, score! It's Pallant! And the Lightning have won in overtime! But sealed it off. NBC with the call there. Doc Emrick, uh, probably the best play-by-play guy there is out there, especially in the NHL. Vegas and Bad Beats on a Wednesday morning. Tampa Bay does get the overtime winner there. As a tough loss for the Bees. That, that, that was really tough. They had uh, leads throughout the game, and uh, they couldn't slam the door. Tampa Bay did take a 3-2 lead midway through the third, but the Bruins scored with about three and a half minutes left. They sent it to overtime, figured they have all the momentum. Uh, but not to be as Tampa Bay does prevail to even that series at a game apiece. So that's going to be a long series. That's going to be a fun series. It, it's amazing the difference between the NHL and the NBA. It's just it's remarkable. These NBA games, for the most part, are a joke. They, they are unwatchable. You know, if, if you heard the promo with uh, my guy Scotty there talking about some of these games are just last night's Clippers Dallas game. I mean, just pathetic. Just just absolute one fifty four one eleven. Even Denver Utah which had great performances out of Jamal Murray with uh, 42 points, and Mitchell had 30, and they went back and forth in the fourth quarter. Uh, Jokic had 21 in the first half, finished with 31, did hit a big three with uh, about 40 or so seconds left that basically sealed the deal for Denver. But, man, there is just no defense being played, just absolute zero defense being played. Jokic, he is, you, you talk about being a joke. I mean, that guy is too fat. He's too slow. I, I don't know how any team loses to Denver that has any kind of center. I, I really don't. I mean, I would be posting him up and beating Jogi every single time, either down the core or down low. He's fat. He's slow. He can't play a lick of defense. And yet somehow or another, Denver's actually a halfway decent team. I mean, it, it's because nobody. I mean, nobody but nobody. Dallas is getting run out of the gym. You would think somewhere along the line, you know, they would come up with some kind of defense to, to slow the game down a little bit, you know, but up and down the court, they go wide open jumper after wide open layup after wide open three, you know, and we all want to marvel. Oh my gosh. You know, Paul George, 35 points, Jamal Murray, 42. And he did, he did hit some shots, Murray. I'll, I'll grant you that, uh, you know, Mitchell 30, um, you know, Damian Lillard, uh, you know, 50 the other day. And I mean, we marvel at these performances, but in reality, watch the games. No one's on them. I mean, you know, Jamal Murray's going for 40 points. He's beating a snot out of Utah, and you think Utah somewhere along the line would maybe double-team the guy, right? They don't. It's just single coverage. Guy could score 60 points, and, and we're not double-covering the guy. You know, Doc Rivers, the other day, we talked about it yesterday. I mean, you got a guy that's 6'7", you know, going off in Luka, and you got a guy that's 6'3", guarding him, and we're all marveling. But, boy, Luka's the greatest thing since sliced bread. He's going to be the next superstar. Well, yeah, if he's being guarded by a guy who's four inches smaller than him because the head coach on the other side of the aisle is too stupid to guard him with a better player, then, yeah, the guy's going to be the greatest thing since sliced bread. I mean, it's just the, the lack of defense in these games. It's just unwatchable. It really is just – it's sad. It's pathetic. I love the NBA. But, you know, I'm not going to – and I won't watch the NBA, but I'm not going to marvel over Jamal Murray going for 42 or George going for 35 or Joe Schmo going for 50. It just, it, I'm not because it's just wide-open shots. It's wide-open, and these guys are good enough to hit the wide-open shots. So um, I, I don't understand it. I, I really don't. You know, life on the line, 
Brooklyn, you know, facing elimination against Toronto, they give up 150 points in regulation. I mean, you know, and then they wonder, they're going to scratch their head at the end of the game saying, gee, we lost. Gee, I, I wonder why. Well, I don't know. Because you didn't play one ounce of defense, perhaps, you know? All you want to do is go up and down the court and score, 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 and, and score some more. Now, uh, 11 and 3, I told you, over one. And, uh, you know, a couple of those unders were, you know, basically uh, Miami uh, Indiana Pacers games that were, went like way, way under. Otherwise, it's, it's nothing but overs. There's just, you can't bet an under. You, you just can't. I mean, 225, 235 last night for Clippers in Dallas. 235 points in the game. Sales, sales past the over. 154, 111. I mean, 154 points in a playoff regulation game. You lose by 30, uh, 40 to 43 points, and you're giving up 154, and, and you wonder why. You know, if, if Dallas ends up getting knocked out of this series, you know, man, they got to do something on the defensive end. They they just have to. You're not going to outscore teams. You, you just you, you'll do it once, you'll do it twice. You know, maybe you'll do it three times. I don't know, but. To get into these things, that's not what America wants. And that's why the ratings, I think, suck. I mean, we I think people appreciate a little bit of defense. You know, it's nice to have Kansas City beat the L.A. Rams 53-51 on Monday Night Football. But do you want that every single game? No, you don't. And you don't want it in the NBA either. And that's what you're getting. And that's what's happening. And I think that's why the, the ratings are, are gone into the toilet. Because it's just... There's no reason. There's no reason to watch a game for the first three quarters, or there's no reason to watch a game, you know, after the first quarter because the, the, it's so idiotic, idiotic the, the way that the back and forth of, of, of the, you know, one basket after another. It's just, it's very frustrating, you know. You're rooting for a team to do well, and they just don't. You know, Denver yesterday, they made their run in the fourth quarter. How? By playing defense. As simple as that. They, they picked up the intensity on the defensive end. The announcers even said it. They're not going to you know, outscore Utah here. They're going to have to do it on the defensive end, and they finally did, and that's what allowed them to rally and, and win that basketball game. I mean, it's, it's not a you know, complex process here. It really isn't. I mean, I don't know why they can't find the common denominator in most of these games. You play a little bit of defense in the fourth quarter, and you'll end up you know, being in the game or, or win the game. But it's just it's difficult. And I, you know, for people that like the NBA, it is very difficult watching this stuff. Um, I would not want this next year. I, I really, you know, let's cross our fingers that the virus is basically gone and you can have a real league, but I, I would not want to watch this again next season. Hockey, terrific. It's been great. Uh, you know, it'd be nice to have fans in the stands and all that other stuff, but you know, the game has not changed. Football has, or excuse me, football. NBA has changed a lot. A lot. I don't know if that's going to be how it's going to be in the NFL without fans in the stands for the most part. I, you know, maybe it's just an NBA thing. I, I don't know. But, man, it's difficult. So, no Lillard tonight. Wouldn't lay the 14 anyway. No Westbrook. He's out for Houston as well. And I know the prevailing theory is that OKC is not going to be in Houston two in a row, three in a row. But uh, I wouldn't be so quick to jump on that bandwagon. I really wouldn't. And the key words here is uh, looking to. What's that, Scott? Well, 76ers GM Elton Brand yesterday said that he's not looking to trade Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid. I'm looking to compliment them. See, that's not the same as saying I won't trade Ben or Joel. There's a, you know, you know all the headlines that you're going to see, you know, just because Mopes write these headlines is, oh, 76ers are not going to trade Ben or Joel. No, 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 don't, no, that's not what he said. He said his plan is not to trade them. So the plan 
is not always what actually occurs. The execution is what occurs. The plan is, well, you go in thinking, no, I'm not going to trade. I'm not making a concerted effort to move these guys. However, I am making you know moves to complement them. And if one of the moves happens to be Ben goes or Joel goes, then, well, so be it. I mean, you know, I, if I'm a Sixer fan and I want one of these two guys moved, I, I would not take anything Elton Brand said yesterday uh, it, written in stone. It just, just Again, because when you say I'm not looking to trade these guys, I'm looking to complement them, that is not categorically saying you will not trade them. And I got a feeling one of the two will be traded. I, I just I have a funny feeling. I wouldn't do it personally. Um, I, I think you got to get a good head coach in there. Nine times out of ten. I don't care if it's Joel Embiid. I don't care if it's Manny Ramirez. I don't care if it's Joe Schmo. I blame the manager, the head coach. It's up to him to get these guys to buy in. And, uh, you know, if you don't buy in, then you go get yourself a new head coach. It's as simple as that. You don't throw out the dishes. You throw out the dirty dishwater. And in this case, the head coaches are the dirty dishwater. You, you got to get a guy that's getting, the, you know, these guys to be motivated. It's as simple as that. You got to kiss their ass. You got to do whatever it is. It's not right. It's not fair. It's that's how it should be. But. That's that's a sports world in 2020. The head coach has got to be a guy that is going to motivate the players. And that's why I have no problem about, uh, you know, Ty Lube probably being the named head coach of the Brooklyn Nets when everything is said and done with the Clippers because Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving liked him. And if they like him, that means they should be playing for him. And that's three quarters. I won't even say half. That's three quarters of the battle. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Bagel. Now, back to Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Radio Network with the call as they get their seventh straight win as monster plus 180 or so underdogs last night uh, as they beat the Dodgers 10 to 8 even if you laid the run and a half uh, which you probably wouldn't have done as an underdog but if you did you even uh, secured the two uh, run victory bagels and bad beats on this uh, Wednesday morning 844-843-6879 let's update the uh, the Twitter question of the day and that is what's the most overrated sports accomplishment no surprise, because uh, I probably would have put this in there as well. An NFL rushing, uh, a running back running for 1,000 yards in a season, 50% of the vote. It, you know, when you divide 1,000 by 16 games, theoretically you can play 16 games, it's 62 and a half yards. It really is amazing that more running backs don't run for 1,000 yards. You probably would have, in fact, you would have a lot, lot more, if not for most teams now, splitting the backfield load. You probably could count on one hand, 
literally how many teams just basically go with the one running back. It, it, it's generally running back by committee. So a running back, while he may play 16 games, he's not getting 25 carries. So, But realistically, 1,000 yards is, is nothing. So 50% of the vote going for 1,000 yards. NBA players scoring 50 points in a game, 37%. NHL hat trick, three goals, 8%. And the MLB no-hitter uh, coming up the rears, if you will, with 4%. So a lot of people still respect the uh, MLB no-hitter. I, I don't necessarily, but... Um, you know, they're uh, at this point getting the short end of the stick as far as our poll is concerned. Go to oppositepicks.com. I retweeted out a couple of times and uh, fire away and get your vote in there. We'll update that one more time. A couple of uh, tweets, though, we do have. Uh, Mr. G, who's a loyal listener, has been for a long time. LL, this is a thousand yards, a no brainer, Scott. It's like 60 yards a game. Granted, you stay healthy. Yes, uh, 62 and a half to be exact. Uh, Fab Five, Freddie Flash. I say that five times on a Wednesday morning. They're all difficult and should be acknowledged, but a thousand yards in a 16 game season seems average for top rated professional running backs. Yep. Uh, again, 62 and a half yards. Uh, let's see. Okay, there. And then uh, what else do we have to clean up shop here before we go to our next little topic? Uh, I guess that's basically it. Okay. So, yeah, go to the go to the uh, oppositepicks.com um, and then uh, get your vote in there. Here's a strange little story. Every once in a while, these things cross my desk, and I just say, well, that, that, that doesn't uh, seem right. I, you know, well, I, I'm missing something on this story. Now, it's, uh, it's a sad story because uh, the father of a Cincinnati bungle is missing. So the player left uh, the team to you know, go search for his father, defensive back Mackenzie Alexander. See this story? Left training camp yesterday. His father's been reported missing. Authorities in Florida are searching for Gene Odney Alexander, who, for some reason or another, I'm not exactly sure why, spells his name differently than his son does. The son spells his last name Alexander, as we normally would spell it, A-L-E-X-A-N-D-E-R. The father spells it A-L-E-X-A-N-D-R-E. Okay. A little weird. You'd think the son would have the same last name as the father. He'd spell it the same. <laughs> but, uh, okay, whatever. So that's not the weird little thing to the story. He went missing Monday, yesterday. Alexander, the son, is the father of the Bengals quarterback. Uh, the father, 65 years old, traveled roughly 85 miles, according to a release sent out by the uh, uh, Okichibi, whatever that is, county sheriff's office. Uh, he traveled six, 80, uh, roughly 85 miles northeast to uh, a town to pick palmetto berries with another man in a nearby prairie, alone together. Uh, I don't know. That just doesn't read right. You know, a 65-year-old guy hops in a car with a man. They drive almost 100 miles to pick berries in a prairie together. Then the man leaves Alexander behind for whatever reason, and now they can't find him. I, that's just a little weird for me. That that's that's. I mean, listen, it could be an innocent thing. Hey, let's go pick some berries. Sure, we're sixty-five. We got nothing going on. Yeah, we we'll pick some strawberries. We will get some watermelons. Uh, it's probably a nice country area in Florida. There, why not? You know. But when you just when you read it, it just doesn't 
Uh, let's hope they find the poor man. I mean, I don't know why he was left. I don't know why the other guy would leave him I behind. I, quit you. I, I just, I, I don't, uh, don't have the full story on that, but it just seems a little strange. That, that's all. Just a little strange. I wish I knew how to quit you. Yeah. You. Is that Brokeback Mountain? I'm guessing that's what that is. Um, Jerry Jones in the news. Oh, okay, so I kind of figured. Yeah, I just kind of figured. Uh, Jerry Jones was in the news. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with that. Uh, in the news yesterday is he has a weekly radio spot on uh, a radio station in Dallas, uh, 105.3 The Fan. And he was asked a couple of things. Um, we, we got that, Chris, uh, lined up. Let, let me hear the – he was asked about the uh, fans. Oh, Tom is good. I went, I went that one anyway. So, well, but let me just say he was asked about the fans. Um, and he's planning on allowing fans in the stands. And, it, you know, it does bring up a pretty good point in that some teams are going to allow fans in the stands and others are not. Now, no one's allowing 75,000 people. So in the end, it probably really should not matter. But, you know, the competitive balance question does, you know, get brought into play. You know, if you're a, a, a Giants fan, we'll just say, you know, Giants are not allowing fans in the stands at this point. They, they may eventually, but at this point, no fans in the stands. Not right, not fair. Will you make the case? Whatever the case may be. But the bottom line is no one's going into Giants Stadium and wants the Giants play this year. So, but if the Giants play the Dallas Cowboys, as they do in Dallas, there will be fans in the stands. You know, so that doesn't seem right. You know, when they play in New York, actually New Jersey, there's going to be no fans. So there's no home field advantage for the Giants. But when they go to Dallas, there will be. It doesn't, you know, should the NFL step in? and say, listen, guys, it's going to be one or the other. It, it, it's just not fair to have uh, the Cowboys, we'll say, have 30, 40, 50,000 fans in the stands if they get that approval. And then when they play the Giants or Eagles or Redskins on the road, those home teams are not going to have any because they're trying to do the right thing. I don't, I don't know if Goodell really has that power. Um, ultimately, he might as commissioner, but does he really? What I'm talking about is, does he really have that kind of authority? I don't think he has that kind of standing in the NFL. I, I really don't. Personally, I, I probably would side with, listen, if you could put some fannies in the stands, go ahead. Because, again, it's not going to be 75,000 fans. It's it's more likely going to be about 15 to 20, even 25,000. And that should make a difference. And the day I see a football fan from the stands come down and actually play on the field to make a physical difference, then maybe I'd have a change of heart. But, you know, ultimately you're still playing the game, whether fans in the stands or not. But, listen, there's enough records to show that home teams do have a better record. And in part it's because the fans in the stands motivated them. So that that's – that's kind of weird, but Jerry just basically blew it off saying, well, you know what? It's totally fair. It is what it is. Go get approval. He got approval from the governor of Texas to have some fans in the stands, so he's going to do it. He's hitting there to make money. That's a lot of money that they're blowing off by not having anybody in the stands, so I really can't blame him for that. And then the other issue was the Earl Thomas situation. You know, the Cowboys, the San Francisco 49ers, the Houston Texans were three of the teams that we mentioned yesterday that seemingly were going to be interested in Earl Thomas, let go by the Baltimore Ravens. and. I will tell you right off the bat, San Francisco head coach Kyle Shanahan said thanks, but no thanks. He wants no part of Thomas. Now, there was a report that said the Dallas Cowgirls were also not going to be interested in Earl Thomas. But here's Jerry Jones on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. Well, I'll tell you, uh, one of the biggest things that uh, you weigh, and it's the obvious, but it's right, is – you uh, evaluate where we are at safety, where we are in the secondary, where we are with our numbers. We had plans coming in to uh, work uh, 
potential guys that uh, you had might have depth charts as corners. So a big part of where we are has to do with where we are. Uh, as you know, this year we're going to have limited uh, time as far as our evaluation are, uh, is concerned. Uh, these things, uh, these decisions, like the one you're talking about with Earl, they never served up like a softball. They always come in awkward. They always come in with a little hair on it, a lot of different ways. And that's uh, where I step in and, and basically uh, uh, put all this together to uh, uh, whether or not uh, 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 it, it is smart to uh, uh, make a decision like that. So, uh, I haven't visited personally uh, with Earl. I don't know. Yeah, there you go. So he, he didn't rule it out. But and didn't rule it in, and really it's more of a story of because he didn't rule it out because there was a story that said that he had shows you that the cowgirls are still you know at least kicking the tires on this thing. But it is amazing. You're talking about a Hall of Fame type of player that you know at 31 you know maybe he's probably past his prime, but you would think would be able to help a football team. Now I don't know what he's asking for. Uh, I'm not sure that he's going to get that thing resolved with Baltimore as far as whether the $10 million he's owed for this year is going to pay him. I would think he would get that money because we've seen – listen, there was an article yesterday in the post here about the New York Jets were having fights on the football field and the players were just blowing it off saying, well, that's just the competitive nature of the game. I mean, that's all basically this guy did. He missed a couple of meetings. You get fined for stuff like that. Again, that happens all the time. So I really would be surprised to see Baltimore not have to pay him the $10 million guaranteed because he broke team rules. I, that, that's, that's just not going to hold water. It just won't. So because of that, you would think Thomas would be able to say, all right, I don't care where I go because I'm going to make my $10 million with the Ravens. So if I can get even a million bucks, two million bucks, whatever the case may be with Dallas or San Fran or Houston, I'm not going to let that stand in the way. So we'll see. But it's sounds like Jerry Jones definitely still is interested in this guy. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Try my disgusting bagel. Now, back to bagels and bad beats with Scott Wetzel. Lindor liftoff, deep right field, Kepler's back, he's out of room, it's out of here, it's a flow ball, hit it out out of the tarp in right field, and Lindor with a two-run homer here in the sixth has put the Indians on top three to two, and boy is he jacked up. Indians Radio Network with the call on Bagels and Bad Beats on this Wednesday morning, 40 minutes past the hour. Yours truly sitting against Scott Wetzel right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. Indians do, do take game two of that series. Minnesota won game one yesterday, and uh, Indians win game two today. We gave out the under in both games. Cha-ching, cha-ching. Man, I have been on absolute fire. Now, we did give out the Cardinals. I must admit is our best play, and the dopey Cardinals lose to uh, the Kansas City Royals despite uh, Matt Harvey pitching. So I, I have to admit that. But gave out the over in Utah. Denver, 
We gave out the under in the Twinkies and Cleveland Indians. We gave out uh, Vancouver plus 180. Didn't give out the under in Bruins, uh, Tampa Bay. That was a loser. But we, we've been 11-2 and two with our best plays over the last uh, three, four days or so. And uh, Bagels and Bad Beats every day. I give out a winning pick uh, at the end of the program. And yesterday, we did, again, give out the Cardinals uh, yesterday. I, you know, I, I just can't believe, again, it's, it's how you can be right. You know, Matt Harvey pitching, he's been brutal. And they lit him up. They knocked him out of the game in the third inning. I mean, everything you thought was going to happen, which made you bet St. Louis occurred, and you still lost. You know, I could give you no greater example of how difficult it is to beat the boys in Vegas. You know, it's it's hard enough getting what you think to occur to occur. That That's like step one. But then when you actually have that occur, and then you still lose the play because baseball is baseball, it, it's just – that's why I hate betting baseball. I, I I just do. Give me NBA. Give me NHL. You know what's the great thing about NHL? And I know there are fewer fans in the NHL than there are the other sports. I get that. But NBA, we played, uh, you know, Hunch Little play last night, right? Clippers. I, I told you, Clippers and Mavs. And I tell you the losses. Listen, any scandicapper out there saying he's got nothing but wins is, is, is just that. So we're fair here in Bagels and Bad Beats. So we played a little hunch. I, I thought like Dallas was going to lay an egg. One of the two teams, and I, I figured it would be Dallas, was going to lay an egg. And I thought this had like 125, 100 written all over it, right? So we played the under. So obviously the game goes way to freak over, right? 154, 111, not even close. Like you don't get that in the NHL. In the NHL, not that you're going to be right all the time, but you could bet Boston and the game's going to go to overtime and they lose in overtime. You could bet the under and it's 3-2 with three minutes left, under five and a half, and you're looking at a winner, and uh, the Bruins score, the game goes to overtime, so the game ends up going over with four goals, uh, you know, four, three, seven-goal total. So you could be wrong, obviously, but you're in the game, you know, basically the entire way. It's it's rare where you're not in play in the third period of an NHL game. NBA, baseball, even football, completely different you know nba you could have lost you if you had the 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 mavericks last night plus six and a half seven and a half you were cooked in the first quarter if you had the under you were done in the first quarter you just knew the the way those two teams were going up and down the court and it was a blowout game they weren't going to all of a sudden stop you just knew first quarter you were done and you don't get that in the nhl you get more bang for your buck believe it or not for those who play for the action as they like to say and that's believe it or not most of us that's why you play NHL, because you're in it until the very, very end. Come hook or crook, you're in it until the very end. So um, we did pretty well uh, last night. But, again, that, that St. Louis one, that, that's the toughie. That is the toughie. By the way, anybody catch this uh, with the Doris Burke? Um, she said, not yesterday, two days ago, she was watch, She was doing um, – was, it was in Denver. Was it the Laker game? may have been the Laker-Portland game. She said the end of this game was like a bad date, taken forever, Doris Burke. What's wrong with that, Scott? On the surface, nothing. Make it a little joke. No big deal. But, you know, is that any worse? You know, now she's female, so she's clearly taking a shot at guys. So is that any worse than Mike Milbury saying that NHL players don't have women to distract them? I mean, this poor sap can't do another NHL game whether it was technically his saying or NBC's, but basically he got bounced from a broadcast because he had the audacity the other day, the audacity to say that NHL players don't have any distractions, not even any women. 
Like, like that, like is necessarily a bad, bad, bad thing. He's just pointing out that there are no girlfriends, no wives allowed in the bubble. I mean, that got him kicked off a broadcast. But Doris Burke can say the end of this game is like a bad day, taking forever. And that's what I mean by, you know, if the left wants to live by the right rules, uh, welcome to it. Good luck. Because realistically, if that was a guy, as anal as people have been, he would have been kicked off the broadcast just like Milbury was. Complete joke. And then you got the sad story as far as, uh, you know, Terry Francona with the Cleveland Indians. He's not with the Indians. He's got a, the blood clot. This poor man. Now, listen, he's had a terrific baseball career, whether it's as a player, whether it's uh, with his uh, brothers and sons and fathers and everything else. The whole freaking family has been, been part of baseball for 100 years. A manager taking the Red Sox to the World Series. So he's had a charmed life, but he's also dealt with a lot of issues, a lot, including blood clots. And now he's dealing with blood clots again. He's 61 years old. He's not with the team. And I bring it up just because I, I've had blood clots. It's very, very weird. I'll never forget. It was back when I was at the, um, back in Chicago working in radio. And uh, my arm, was, we had a flood. And, you know, I cleaned out the basement. No big deal, right? So my arm was like dead. Just, just like it, it was just like it was a dead weight. I'll never forget it. I thought maybe I had a pinched nerve or something. A couple of days go by, and I'm like, you know, I, I just, you know, this is very weird. It just seems like it's like a dead limb, you know? I could move it, didn't really hurt or anything, but it was just there, you know, almost like I had one arm and another arm was just there, right? So my wife says, it's just, you know, go to the emergency room, no big deal. They'll take a look at it and just see what the fudge is going on. So I say, all right, why not? You know, nothing going on. Let me let me go there. So I get there around 4 o'clock, right, 4, 4.30 at the local hospital. And the nurse takes a look at me and says, you know, take your shirt off. And, of course, I'm a pretty muscular guy. I was worried about she was going to attack me there in the nursing office. But, you know, she held her cool. Give her credit. So, <clears throat> so you know, she says, stay here, Mr. Wetzel. Let, let, let me go get a doctor. That would help. You're just a nurse. Fine. Doc comes in, he looks at my arm and, you know, asks a couple of questions and feels and says, mm, you know, stay here. Let me get a specialist in here. Oh, OK. If you're just a regular doc, no big deal. Go get a specialist. Sure. Why not? I am Mr. Vegas. So the specialist comes in, you know, same routine, looks at my arm, asks a couple of questions. He said, you know, uh, there's a doctor that just left the hospital about 10, 15 minutes ago. Let, let me call him in. And I'm saying, well, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> I went through a nurse. A doctor, a specialist, and now you're going to call in a doctor that left the hospital about 15, 20 minutes ago to come back for me? Really? He's like, yeah. Well, okay. Uh, and then they say they're going to put me in the emergency ward, the ICU unit, they said. You know, and me being me, it's like, oh, ICU? Yeah, great. Okay. You got a TV down there? Great. I'm going to be in the ICU unit. Okay. So I call my wife and say, listen, I got to put me in the ICU unit. I'm going to, you know, I, I don't know where that is and what that is, but sounds like it's going to be a pretty good time. And she starts freaking out, like, the ICU? What do you, you know what's going on? I said, I don't know. They're bringing in, like, five different doctors. So anyway, to make a long story short, um, I had a blood clot. And they were the, the fear is that, you know, it is what it is. There's, there's, a, there's a section of blood in your vein that dries up, and it just stays there. And the fear is that it will become loose, start flowing again, and then get stuck in your heart, and then you're a dead man walking. It's as simple as that, which is why they were freaking out and bringing all these people in and putting you in the unit and making sure it gets done. And, um, you know, that's the fear with blood clots. Uh, most are in your legs, in your veins, but mine was up on my shoulder. Then they start talking about, like, taking bones out of my, my collarbone. I'm like, no, 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 no. What, what am I, Dino here? No, I'm not, uh, no. Uh, Fred Flintstone, you're not taking bones out of my body. You know, you get the clot out, and that, that's it. Thank you very much. 
So, but it was very, it was a weird feeling, just like a dead arm. So, so I, I've been okay ever since. And I said, you know, where, where did it come from? And, you know, mostly it comes with weightlifters or, you know, if you do exercise that you haven't done in a long time. And then I mentioned about cleaning out the basement with the flood. They said that probably was it, overexerted yourself. I don't know. I don't know how it came, but that's the last. And every once in a while, you'll kind of feel it in your shoulder. Um, you know, so you got to monitor it a little bit, but no big deal. But it is a concern. It absolutely is a concern. So, uh, you know, prayers out to uh, Terry Francona. I got a text message this week that, oh, brother, only a father can appreciate. If you're an LL, loyal listener, LW, loyal watcher, you know about my daughter. Took her up to uh, college this uh, past weekend, last week. In fact, it was a week ago yesterday, to tell you the truth. So much to my chagrin and surprise, you know, I find out that it's a co-ed dorm, freshman co-ed dorms. I, I, I still can't, you know, in 2020, I still cannot believe that a college would actually encourage guys and girls in the same dorm. And not only the same dorm, as we spoke about, but on the same floor. One thing to have, you know, guys first floor, girls second, guys third, guys, you know, girls fourth, you know, rotate it. They, they're sectioned off and they don't have access to the same floor. So they might as well be different dorms. But that's not the case. This this is the same floor, not same suite, but same floor, which, you know, listen, they got hallways. They have dorm rooms. They have they don't share bathrooms, mind you, but they got study little halls. They got little TV rooms that they all study at night. I mean, it's just, I, I, again, I, I just can't believe it. I really can't believe it. In 2020, uh, when uh, you could look at someone's eyes and say, hey, you got nice eyes and be brought up on sexual harassment charges, that they would put girls and guys as freshmen, mind you, not sophomores, juniors, seniors, freshmen on the same floor. But we've been down that road. So I'm a little disgusted with it. And I'm telling you, she wouldn't have gone to that college had I known, but too late now. So I'm, I'm sitting on nails here for the next uh, three months, hoping she doesn't get attacked. So yesterday, she sends me a little tweet. Uh, you know, Dad had to buy some books, put it on a credit card, blah, 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 blah. Okay. And then she sends a tweet that only a dad would love. Also, Dad, I meant to tell you, because I thought you'd like to hear, my floor is the LLC for health scientists. And, and, and you know, I stopped reading, like, what the fuck? LLC, what is that? What the fudge is you know, LLC? What does that mean? They're going to be doing, like, uh, you know, uh, test tube operations on your on your dorm. Well, you know, so I meant to tell you because I thought you'd like to hear my floor is the LL, what a dope Scott, LLC for health sciences. So because of that, there's like only one suite on the floor with guys in it. Ah, that's a beautiful thing. Ah, so they only have out of, I would say, probably... You know, without counting, I'm guessing there's about 10 on one side, 10 suites on. So about 20, um, you know, 20 suites, uh, rooms of, of uh, dorm rooms. So if there's only one or so that actually have guys. Now, listen, they're in hog heaven. Uh, don't get me wrong, but that's better than having like 10 and 10. So that will allow me to sleep a little better at night. Thank you very much. I'm still going to buy that little thing that I told you that I found in the uh, in the catalog. Yeah, that jams the door so they can't open up the door for 30 bucks. That's a pretty darn good thing. You, know, you put it in the bottom of the door. So because the bathroom doors, as we talked about, again, no locks on the bathroom doors, which is just as dumb as dumb can be. I don't care about fire hazards. 
Listen, you're not burning inside a building. Listen, it's all brick, and in, in the bathroom, it's all brick and, and mortar. There, there, you know, there's no freaking way in the world. Now, could smoke it in there? I suppose, but uh, I'll take my chances. I'd rather deal with the smoke than I would the uh, the mugger and the rapist. So, but there's a bottom thing that you could slam. Basically, it's a, it's a door knob that jams the door, but it's big and it's strong. You put that in there Saturday night, you know, no worries, no qualms. I'm going to get that for sure. But how about that? So, while it may be a co-ed dorm, with co-ed floors, but uh, knock on wood. See, you live a good life. I will take care of you. Took care of me here. So only one, maybe two. Who knows, guys, actually on the floor. It doesn't matter. All right, we'll close up shop next with some more winners. Maybe from Bad Beach on this Wednesday uh, SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Bagel. Now, back to Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. is a little different, Chris. I did get an email from some listener who uh, wanted to actually know what the uh, name of the music was that we played to close out the show. And I, I thought it was the dating game music. But that's not it. So it may be maybe uh, newlywed game it was. Okay, so love those game shows. So it was the newlywed game, so I did get an email asking. This, this one's Joker's Wild. Okay, so we have a little concentration coming up tomorrow. Uh, a couple of stories here we didn't have time to get to. Uh, nothing crazy today. Uh, Falcons offensive coordinator Dirk Cutter says they want to give a newly acquired running back Todd Gurley between 15 and 25 carries a game or touches a game anyway, so that includes catching the ball out of the backfield. Uh, you know, Bucks says uh, Giannis uh, uh the uh, NBA Defensive Player of the Year winner, uh, got to 75 of 100 first-place votes. Uh, the Greek freak who's really not Greek becomes just the fifth player to win both MVP and Defensive Player of the Year. Um, how about a little story with Seth Curry and Paul George? Hey, boy, when you talk about a crazy little series uh, with uh, Curry married to Doc Rivers' daughter, uh, Callie, who actually apparently went out with Paul George. So Curry got all pissed off the other day, called him a bitch-ass whatever. Uh, as he was walking to the free throw line. So there's a lot of little things going behind the scenes in that uh, that series for sure. Uh, what else do we have for you? Um, Josh Hader, Milwaukee Brewers, are apparently listening to offers for Hader, who's uh, yet to allow a hit in eight in the third inning so far this season. So I don't know why the Brewers would want to get rid of him. They say they can't afford to pay him, but you know what? A guy like that, even though he blew the playoff game last year, uh, you find a way to, to pay him. Uh, absolutely. As far as our uh, play of the day, uh, you got three NBA games, and uh, I'm going to go right back to the over Orlando-Milwaukee. I, I think that's a closeout. I love playing overs and closeout games, and I think both teams are going to go up and down the court. It's a big number, 227, but it's a 4 o'clock afternoon game. A lot of these afternoon games go over. I don't think the intensity is going to be there, so uh, we played that over before. Play it again, over 227, Bucks and Magic. Have yourselves a great rest of your Wednesday. We'll talk to you tomorrow right here on Babies and Bad Beats. Be safe.
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.